You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your bigness away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Rome County, Tennessee. Now, we are, in fact, doing the time-honored tradition of having the Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron Edwards, but something has happened that actually... Uh, bears directly onto part of the conversation we had. And uh, since a lot of you are going to be hearing this the next day, I need to give you that explanation. You see, breaking news, as I was getting ready to finalize this broadcast, Democrats in the Senate have voted along party lines to pass the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. The bill was brought to a vote 
after an all-night floor session that began around 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday night in a process that's known as Votorama. Debates on amendments lasted all night and into Sunday afternoon when the bill was put up for a final vote somewhere around 3 p.m. Eastern. All 50 Democrats voted for the bill, while all 50 Republicans voted against it. Vice President Kamala Harris broke the tie. That means that the $740 billion legislation now heads to the House of Representatives, which is set to reconvene at the end of this week to vote on it. The largest portion of the bill is a $369 billion climate spending package, an analysis conducted by the Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's office claims that the spending will cut carbon emissions by 40% by the year 2030. The plan includes tax credits of 4000 and 7500 dollars to buy used and new electric vehicles, but it doesn't allow the credits to be used on vehicles that have batteries with materials processed in China. The bill also contains a 16.4 cent per barrel tax on crude oil and petroleum products imported into the U.S. The bill also includes a number of Democratic health care priorities. The bill purports to lower the cost of prescription drugs for senior citizens by allowing Medicare to negotiate the prices of drugs administered by the doctor's office or a pharmacy. This, according to CNN, the bill will allow for the Secretary of Health and Human Services to negotiate prices for 10 drugs beginning in 2026, 15 drugs in 2027, and in 2028, and then 20 drugs per year from 2029 moving forward. The bill extends Obamacare premium subsidies through 2025, which is a year later than originally discussed. In terms of new taxes, the bill proposes to raise some $258 billion in new revenue by imposing a 15% minimum tax on companies with more than a billion dollars in profits and force companies to follow generally accepted accounting principles when reporting income to the IRS. The bill also imposes a 1% excise tax on stock buybacks, which is estimated to take in some $74 billion in new taxes. According to the report from Politico, more than 20 amendments to the bill were proposed by senators on both sides of the aisle, but the Senate struck down nearly all of them, voting as a block even on provisions they supported in order to get the bill over the finish line. Republicans forced votes on several last-minute amendments on Sunday. First, they successfully cut out a portion of the bill that placed a $35 cap on insulin prices in private insurance markets. Then, the House Majority Whip, John Thune, introduced an amendment to create exemptions for the 15% corporate minimum tax established by the bill. According to the Politico, the amendment exempted businesses owned by private equity and paid for the lost revenue by extending the cap on state and local tax deductions for one year. It was supported by Senator Kristen Sinema, who because, I'm sorry, but because of a stir that was caused, uh, it would, 
evidently they thought it would cause electoral problems for House Democrats in coastal districts who had campaigned on ending the salt cap. Senator Mark Warner, a Democrat from Virginia, replaced the salt cap extension with an amendment to extend existing limitations on how certain businesses can write off their losses for another two years, also reported in the Politico. Now, that is, of course, breaking news. It's big news. It's important news. And it has a lot of bearing on exactly what our conversation was. So now, with no further ado, I bring you my Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron Edwards. All right, ladies and gentlemen, once again, I have the distinct honor and privilege of being joined by the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience. Uh, yes, indeed, once again, uh, your great American patriot and my good friend, Mr. Ron Edwards. Ron, once again, I find myself talking to you on a Sunday afternoon and so very, uh, so very honored for that opportunity. How are you today? Excellent, and the honor the honor is also mine, sir, and uh, very good. Uh, despite the heat, everything is it's not a bad day. Yeah. Well, and I just thank you. I just thank you for the opportunity to come on your show and to communicate with your great uh, audience. Well, uh, again, honor is mine, sir, and uh, glad to have you along. Let's kind of jump into things because I've got kind of an ambitious schedule, and uh, of course, you know me, my. Uh, Appetite for discussion topics always is bigger than the time allotted for it. So let's kind of jump right in. I wanted to kind of start off on one of the biggest stories that people need to be paying close attention to right now and getting in touch with their representatives, because I think it may already be too late to do anything in the Senate, and that is the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. Ron, this is uh, another instance of taking a look at what these politicians have named a bill and being able to clearly make the presumption that it will accomplish the exact opposite of what they've named it. Uh, we see calls for raising taxes. We now see uh, a call, and this is something that had escaped my attention in the early going, so important to get this out there. Uh, a lot of money being spent on hiring thousands more IRS agents so they can make sure they're collecting these increased taxes. And at a point in time when not all the current IRS ta uh, tax agents have even come back into the office still on uh, their remote working uh, due to the COVID uh, allowances, I guess is a good word to use here. Uh, at this point, we see uh, evidently they have come to some type of deal with Kristen Sinema. Uh, I haven't seen that that's 100% a done deal yet, but it certainly looks like from the statements that she's made that she's gotten whatever accommodation she needs. Uh, we knew last week that uh, Joe Manchin has jumped on, and now we see Nancy Pelosi over on the House pushing forward as hard as she can to make a quick vote on the floor of the House to try and push this thing through. And in my opinion, Ron, I think it's just a case to trying to make sure that the American public doesn't have a chance to catch up with exactly what's going on. Because as you know, her big motto, her theory of running the House is we have to pass the bill to find out what's in the bill. She's not talking about them. She's talking about us, the American people. But your thoughts at this point? Well, sir, there's so many... Woo areas that all of this will impact our lives. 
not only economically, but concerning our own rights. Uh, the, the IRS hiring thousands of thousands of uh, grab your money agents uh, coming after folks. I wonder if they're going to be going after the individuals or the companies that are making money on the vaccine. And will the government tax itself for the money it makes on the vaccines because uh, they're co-owners in, in this vaccine business? Uh, it's, they're, they're so crooked, uh, 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 Tim, that I, I just don't um, know where to start. I mean, seriously, you've got all these IRS agents potentially coming after we the people just to grab more money. Now, the last time I checked, please correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. Th- th- we have a government that collects more taxes than any other time in our history. Unfortunately, they it doesn't matter how much if they took all of our money, every penny that they we make and we just lived off of the air that we breathe, they would still outspend that. There has to be a way that we, the American people, coalesce and let the government abusers know that we're not going to take it anymore. We're going to stop the economy by not working because. With what they are doing with this bill, this bill in itself, along with with what has been happening in recent months under the Biden regime, has the potential to to totally collapse our economy. This might be the straw that, that breaks the camel's back. And so we are facing this kind of a dilemma. So it's time for we, the people, to just back off and say, you know what? The hell with it then. And govern ourselves accordingly. It's been done once since you and I have been alive. We were probably we were very young men at the time during the Reagan regime. And when Lech Valenza led his nation and the people did just that, I think it was for 21 days. They did not go to work. They they sacrificed. They uh, carpooled. They just worked together to feed their neighbors and, and it was, it was a wonderful and very successful event in history, and it collapsed the abuses that that government is, was just just reaming all over the people there of that nation. We're, at, we're up against it, uh, Tim. This is something we need to do, and uh, this is not hyperbole. This is not exaggeration. This is not something nice to say or something that can be put off for next year or three or four years down the road. We are here. And if we don't do something drastic, we won't be here as a great nation as a, with a great economy anymore. We're, we're, it's, it's at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And part of the problem is we, we have globalist influence in banking. We have, leftist, woke ideology controlling company boardrooms to the point that we see some companies like Mars Wrigley, you know, the folks that make our snicker bars out there giving uh, big apologies to China because they had the gall to suggest during uh, advertisements that were being run in South Korea and in some other Asian areas that Oh my! It might be possible that Taiwan's its own company, own country. I mean, and so with with this type of woke mentality, where oh no, we have to appease the bad guys, we have to make sure we're kissing the backsides of all those 
who want to see the ruination and downfall of uh, our great nation, uh, we don't have a lot of places to turn but to each other. So I think your assessment about time for we the people to, to do what needs to be done, absolutely right. This effort to continue to bring in more taxes, Ron, I, I don't think our nation has faced a situation where enough tax uh, base wasn't being brought in to fund what the federal government is actually allocated to do in the Constitution. It's always been these extra constitutional powers and authorities they keep assuming that requires more and more spending. And you're right. Every time we give them an excuse to hold an extra penny, they will spend it. They won't hold on to it. Even Social Security, the reason it's doomed for collapse is because that so-called lockbox that was supposed to be there for us has never had the lock on it. In fact, I don't think the lid was ever put on that box. They've been spending from day one out of it for other stuff. Uh, so, yeah, we've got to do something to get their attention. And maybe shutting down every legal avenue they have to collect taxes might be the only source of uh, attention these folks will really understand. That's shameful, though. Um also, while we're on the, the topic of shamefulness within our government and uh, overstepping their constitutional bounds, whether you're talking federal or state constitutions, we've got a situation going on right now where the federal government is refusing to enforce uh, current uh, border control laws. Uh, it, it's not a new situation. It's been ongoing for a long time. But what we've seen lately is folks like Governor Abbott in Texas have started busing some of these folks up to Washington, D.C. And from there, they made their way to New York. And suddenly, these people who've been proud to be uh, a sanctuary location for these folks are actually seeing what it's like to be on a border town at a very small scale. They're getting just a very tiny taste of what it's actually like to have the resources tested. And all we've heard is on the one hand publicly, well, of course, we're going to do our part to be good. But then behind the scenes, they're whining, moaning, complaining, doing what they do because now they don't have the funds to waste uh, the way they normally do. They've got to put it on something else. But beyond that, we're also seeing this growth of illegal migration becoming uh, no longer a regional affect. It literally is touching every state. There is no place in this nation, even those uh, states that are not directly connected to the uh, 48, to uh, lower 48 as we normally say, although I haven't heard anybody use that in a while but me, uh, <laughs> there's, there's no place untouched by it. But just the reaction we've seen from the mayor of D.C., uh, mayor of New York City, and now allegations being made towards Republican governors, how it's the Republicans' fault that this is happening. Uh, astounding. Love to get your thoughts on this. Well, hypocrites, I think, can start me off here. Um, these mayors, whether it's Bowser of D.C., whether it's Eric Adams and um, Lighthead of Chicago, you've got the mayor of San Francisco, all these Democrat mayors across the country, they don't care about the country. That's why they all supported the open borders policies in the first place and said, hey, we are bold and proud sanctuary city. Bring them on. We want them. So, and their dumb citizens voted for them, and they still do. 
It doesn't matter if it's the blah, blah. They went for uh, Eric Adams as opposed to Sliwa, who would have been a much better mayor because he would have carried out the pr- the principles uh, laid out by Giuliani or, some, or something or some reasonable facsimile. So I don't feel sorry for these 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 uh, mayors. I feel bad for New York because I do love New York. I mean, it's it's uh, it's one of the, the the great treasure cities of all ages. I would rank it up there with London, Rome, uh, just one of the cities of the ages. And um, for it to be destroyed like this willy nilly uh, because these Negroes um, hate this this country and they're mostly the ones that are running these big cities. These hate American Negroes, um, they're proudly destroying their cities. Now they're getting more help from the illegal border crossers, and, and, and they're crying about it. I, I don't understand that. Heavens to Murgatroyd. They should be happy because it's all about destroying and breaking down, down our society anyway. That's what they're in favor of. Uh, Eric Adams and all these people, they're bitter America haters. Have you ever heard some of the comments of uh, Lori Light, Lightfoot or Light, Lighthead? Have you ever heard the comments of Eric Adams uh, in the past? Have you ever heard of uh, the comments of uh, Big Mama Abrams of Georgia? I know she's not a mayor, but she's been an office holder. Um, have you ever heard the, the, the comments of most of these mayors around the country? And they hate the country. They hate this country. They are out to destroy it along with their, of course, their white masters. Uh, of the Democrat Party. So I don't know why they they should be happy because these illegals are helping to destroy and break down society. Isn't wasn't it? Uh, these Black Lives uh, Black Lives Mayors, but Black Lives uh, Matter folks who are supported by people like Bowser. Didn't they say that they how they hate the country and how they want to break it down? I know I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing her, but she has said statements to that effect. So has Lori Lightfoot. So I I think they should be cheering this on and say, hey, because this is one thing that they said specifically. They want to make people uncomfortable. Remember during the riots in their cities that they did not put out. They did not accept help for National Guards, for for the National Guards to be brought in when Trump uh, said, hey, can you want some National Guard folks? We'll help you out. They rejected all of that. Or the, or the liberal governors along with them rejected that help because they want to make us, the law-abiding citizens, who are the majority, by the way, uncomfortable. Um, I would think Adams would be really happy because, did you know, Tim, that, on, that less than 500 people out of that city of 8 million people of New York, 8.5 million, are the ones that are re- um, wreaking havoc in the streets of New York for the most part? Only less than 500. And the reason why it seems like it's more and more people is because they're allowed to, to be let right back out. So they go right back to their activities and they're young. And so they're they, they're they're like roaches. They're just nonstop. And it's such a small minority of people that, that are wreaking this havoc amongst the American born. So I would think that they would be happy. For more destructive help being ushered in by the Biden administration. They're all working together to destroy the country. So well, I'm, not only I'm, are hypocrite, hypocrites, they're, they're stupid when they even have the advantage. I've got a couple of thoughts on that, though, Ron. Number one, I think 
And this, of course, is me making certain assertions that can't be proven, but based <laughs> on, uh, let's say, past experience with similar politicians and similar positions, I think a lot of this money that they're now uh, no excuse but to use for its delegated purpose, which is helping the homeless, uh, is actually money that they're accustomed to funneling to their friends and eventually makes its way back into their own pockets. I think it's cutting deep into oh. that. And number two, uh, remember, Ron, uh, usually the folks that cry the most about racists are your usual racist. And <laughs> I think... Uh, Maybe while these are people of color that are being bussed into their areas, they may not be the right color for their tasting. Uh, am I being too crude, too cruel? And uh... No. <laughs> no. First of all, they're all racist. Very few people on earth are more racist than the Mexicans and many of the people from South America who loathe blacks. If you don't believe me, go see how they, the blacks were treated and continue to be treated in Argentina, Mexico, and, and elsewhere. I, I, I know from whence I speak, from direct information. Um, oh, by the way, this is a sidebar, Tim, but this plays into what I was talking about, the misery that they love to make us all uncomfortable. In Chicago, as of today, this is the Sunday, the Sunday uh, talk that we always have, right? As of today, on this Sunday, sir, over 45 people were shot, four of them fatally, in the windy city of Chicago. There you go. Yeah. And, 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 and with the additional crime that these uh, uh, knuckle-draggers from South America and points from throughout the world, they should be happy because this is what they want. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so surprised in their inconsistency here. Well, it's, it's easy to want something until it's knocking on your own door, I suppose. Some of these folks don't feel as safe as they used to just a, a few months ago. Uh, Ron, uh, let's go ahead and uh, take a little bit of a break, if you don't mind. And uh, when we will uh, come back from that break, we'll get into uh, our ongoing series as we're discussing the seven pillars of society that you yourself have laid out and spent a lot of time dedicated to trying to rebuild. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We'll be back after a very brief break, and uh, we will continue with my guest, Ron Edwards. I'm Ron Edwards, host of The Edwards Notebook. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. To the many good and decent men of America, a time of reflecting upon and showing appreciation for all you do. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Browns Coffee. You often pay for a dinner that no one was grateful for. 
Sometimes you didn't know if you'd make it to payday. Thank you for trying your best to be a good man in society that often devalues men. Though you sometimes see your life passing by with your dreams still only in thoughts, you keep it together. For who in this society cares anyway? Most likely, you, the good men of America, will not hear, but I'm proud of you, even though those words of encouragement would help encourage you. You work long hours and leave all the day's frustration at the door in order to be there for your children because, like my own dearly departed dad, that's what dads do. Yes, the many good men of America shoulder the weight of the world for their families and, when needed, their country as well. To the many too often unrecognized and underappreciated good men of America, I, Ron Edwards, salute you in appreciation. God bless you, God bless America, and may America bless God. I'm Ron Edwards. Find out where you can enjoy the Ron Edwards American Experience via theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acidic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. Uh, once again, I do have the honor of saying, hey, guys, guess what? Ron Edwards is on with me, and I know you're probably as excited as I am, maybe even more, uh, but I doubt that. Ron, before we jump back into things, please let everybody know where they can find your work. Simply go to theronedwards.com. That's my website, and you will see the times and places where my talk show, The Ron Edwards American Experience, is uh, aired. And of course, you can tune in on K-Star Talk Radio Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific, and we have a good time. Also, you'll see times and listings of where you can find the Edwards Notebook. And uh, we have a good time. Tim, before we go any further, I've got to share this statistic, this statistic with you, the backup what we talked about in the uh, in our previous conversation. Do, 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 can I, do oh, I have yeah, your Absolutely. Your go ahead. Absolutely. The United States, via the permission of Democrats, has the third highest murder rate in the world. If you remove Chicago, Detroit, Washington, D.C., St. Louis, St. Louis, Philadelphia, Baltimore, then the United States would be 189th out of 193 countries in the world. Now, all of these cities that I just named have very strict gun control laws and are controlled by Democrats. What say you, sir? I say not only controlled by Democrats, but have been almost unipartily controlled for not just decades now, but uh, coming up on centuries in a couple of those cities' uh, situations. So, yeah, uh, it's real easy to see when you cheapen the value of life 
And when you create a situation where people hear your promises of a utopia, but keep delivering nothing but a dystopia, it's easy to lose hope. It's easy to lose faith. And uh, then this is what you get. People who don't care what the laws are because they're only out to get theirs. It's a place where society simply doesn't exist. And speaking of society, we have been ongoing talking about the seven pillars. Before we do that, there was one other topic I wanted to discuss with you real quick, and so we'll make it quick. Uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts about what's going on in the state of Florida, because this started out as something that seemed to me like a pretty no-nonsense move, but is blowing up with Democrats across the country losing their minds, and of course, uh, leftists in the media and around the globe. They're upset because Florida Governor Ron DeSantis stepped up and he said that the state attorney, Andrew Warren, the guy who was operating under the 13th Judicial Circuit down there, was simply refusing to enforce the law. So he suspended him indefinitely. He uh, went ahead and assigned a state judge to take over the office for the time being. And uh, this is at first, it seemed to me, again, because the state constitution of Florida does give the governor a lot of uh, leeway to do this kind of thing with state officials, that there's not much that can be done. But now we're starting to see Andrew Warren, after his little crybaby routine at first, oh, I can't believe you're doing this, is now <laughs> saying that it's unconstitutional, which clearly is not the case, and that uh, he's actually filing a court order uh, filing a lawsuit, I should say, trying to get a court order to reinstate himself and is claiming that he's going to continue to serve in this capacity in his office when he actually clearly hasn't been serving in that capacity. He is one of these George Soros uh, guys, and uh, he's publicly made comments about the uh, the uh, sexual gender uh, theory uh, mentality that they passed a special law not too long ago in the state to prevent which technically is illegal in Florida even without it because you're not supposed to be having any type of sex education below sixth grade classes down there. But uh, your thoughts on this whole debacle, is Ron DeSantis in the right? Is he legally where he should be? And what do you think is going to happen with Andrew Warren in this attempt at a lawsuit? I think because of the location his location. I think he's going to lose the, the the lawsuit ultimately, and it's just going to further cement the status of the great Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, who's taking the common sense approach, in my opinion, uh, in this situation. First of all, Tim, the man, um, the individual has not been doing his job. If you are in that particular position, that means you are supposed to be a bulwark and an enemy of criminals. However, when you choose to align yourself basically with criminal activity and, and you are not fighting to go after criminals or if they, you do, if they are captured, you want to let them go or go easy on them, you are bringing harm to society. Now, Governor DeSantis is one of the few governors to do what I think should be done all over this country, where you have these individuals who are in office, uh, and they're supposed to serve at the pleasure of the uh, governor and the people, especially the people. And I'm sorry, uh, uh, Tim, no, I'm not. Mm -hmm. But if you're not doing your job, no matter what it is, 
And in such a capacity as that, you're being supported by the people, but you don't want to protect the people. You're not, in most cases, being paid by the criminals. They're getting their money under the table and, and they're doing all kinds of harmful things to the very people that pay your salary. So you want to sue someone because they want to correct your, your, your evil ways. So to hell with that guy. And I hope that uh, he gets blown out of court and totally embarrassed. And then maybe that will wake up other governors. However, I guess I, I need to correct myself a little bit because where you have governors such as Mike DeWine in Ohio and Christie uh, in, in, in South Dakota um, and, and elsewhere, you, most of those those individuals in those states are going after criminals and they're locking them up and, and or at least they're trying to. And uh, for the most part, you have individuals who are releasing uh, folks from jail or going easy on them through the judicial system. They are in Democrat rule states. So it's like uh, it's I don't know. And in Florida, you just had a rare situation where you had an individual who happened to be acting like he was in the state of New York or something. Right. And uh, he stepped on the toes of, of uh, Ron DeSantis and Ron kicked back. And you can't do that. I'm, I'm sorry, Tim, if you, if you are supposed to be a part of law enforcement, if you are supposed to be working to help law enforcement protect the people and all you do is say, Oh, you're a criminal. Uh, yeah, let's go easy on you. If that's all you're doing, basically, you need to be fired, yeah, not suspended, not suspended. He should be fired. If you 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 work in a job. I work a job, too. And if we don't do our jobs, guess what, Tim? We get fired. We get they do donate a, uh, a cardboard box. <laughs> right. Put your stuff in it. And then uh, if you got no better options. Maybe you can use it to stay dry with later. Uh, uh, the thing here, though, Ron, is uh, they use the terminology indefinitely suspended. I think that's out of necessity based on how the state constitutions run. There's no doubt Ron DeSantis does not intend on this man being able to return to his position because he's made it too clear he has no intention of actually upholding the responsibilities of the office he held. Uh, but not every state has a constitutional allotment that gives the governor this, the governor this level of authority. Yeah. Uh, and I think we'll probably see uh, folks like George Soros start uh, as he's already made his announcement that he fully intends to continue to support these types of uh, uh, attorney generals and state attorneys wherever he can. Uh, I think we're going to see him put more of that money in states where the governors can't interfere as much. This is an effort to further tear down uh, our society, which makes that a great uh, jumping off point to discuss today's pillar of society uh, just so happens to be government. Uh, we talk about it all the time, but could you in a very layman's uh, method uh, give the definition of why government is one of those seven pillars that society needs to stand. Well, if your government is operating according to, I'll just leave it um, in reference to our own nation. 
because we we need to clean up our own home before we look beyond our borders. Um, the government is supposed to be uh, an entity that not only protects our, our our nation from enemies from beyond our borders, but also from harmful in, in individuals and organizations from within our borders. Our government is biblically mandated to be a sword to put fear in the hearts of those who seek to do wrong. Our government is supposed to um, mint the, the, the money that's under Congress. We're supposed to have a fair judiciary that is supposed to, to um, not make laws, but to interpret the law. You have the legislative branch and you have the executive branch and each has a unique um, and specific duty. Unfortunately, in recent years, you've had spillover. Uh, you've had uh, the Supreme Court acting like it's a legislative branch at some times. You've had the legislature acting like it's the executive and back and forth. Um, the executive acting like it should make make new laws. Uh, at the expense of we the people. And so basically the government is supposed to be protection against evil and bring forth a an atmosphere of security. And under that security, we're supposed to be totally free, um, not free to do anything, but free to do the right thing. We're supposed to be have uh, liberty. We're supposed to have our liberties protected, which come from God, not, not inhibited. And unfortunately, Tim, government has become so um, corrupted. And I blame and I don't blame the government for this. I blame the people and I blame the church, the other pillar. Because what is taught to one generation um, dictates the direction the nation goes in the next. And if you don't train your children in, up in the way they, that they should go, when they assume gov government positions, they're going to do the wrong thing. And this is what we um, have today. I can guarantee you that Nasty Pelosi and all the other Democrats and, and rhinos like Susan Collins were not brought up in the way that they should go. I can um, I could guarantee you at least 95 percent of the cases. And so the reason why you have a corrupt government is you have a corrupt people. And I hate to put it to you that way, but that is biblical. Well, I, I, I think it's absolutely true, too, Ron. I mean, what we have seen is even good people going to Washington. And after they spend more than a couple of years uh, just being so overwhelmed by the level of darkness and evil that prevails the location uh, that they're perfectly content with business as usual, and which is why there's such a strong pushback against the folks that show up that want to go in there, uh, drain the swamp as we've uh, come to adapt that particular phraseology, and, and want to make things better, get back to how it was supposed to be, which is everybody's arguing with everybody. Uh, the the American people have grown tired with the ineffectiveness of getting things done, when in truth, we had an adversarial uh, system set up intentionally 
to act as its own roadblocks, to prevent us from having knee-jerk reactions and to prevent the government from being able to steamroll over the American people before they even knew what happened, like what we're currently seeing with the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. This is all tied together. There is evil there. It consumes more people. It consumes fresh meat, which is why term limits need to be uh, put in place that don't currently exist. And while we need to get all these uh, would-be influencers up out of the way, and that would make things easier. I, I would love to see a return to the gentlemen farmers that were the primary members of the uh, House of Representatives, uh, because then you have people that have more reason to show up out of a a sense of duty and responsibility and then get out to get back home to start running their businesses, running their homes, uh, return to their lives as they plan to do it. Because what we've got now with a class of professional politician is people who have decided to make a career out of being greedy. Mm. And it's fun. You know, I, I find it ironic that on one hand, these people have decided to be greedy, but at the same time, they are working to destroy the very economy from which they want to benefit, which in the long run will not even feed their greed. Right. <laughs> I, I just, I'm like, they don't, they, they, they can't even sin right. You want to, <laughs> you want to kill, you want to kill the goose that has the ability to feed your greed all because you want to destroy the ability of anyone in this country to partake of equal opportunity. And that's also a, a, a very tragic development within our government. It's almost like a, de a democracy-based um, caste system. Yeah. And, and, and see, the founding fathers warned us of those kind of attitudes because they understood human nature. Uh, until the United States uh, was was developed, that's basically what is what operated around the world, some form of caste system, even in the great a nation of, of uh, England, you had, if you were born at a certain station in life, you were not allowed to rise above it. You could succeed within that realm and you might even develop a certain amount of wealth, but you were uh, in that particular realm. You had a cleaning business. You, if, if, if you were born on that level and, and so on and so on. But here in America, you could, you know, start out at McDonald's and end up as president or a senator or or end up a new inventor of something brand new or in society or whatever. But they're trying to destroy all of that. Yeah. Yeah, it is odd. And I think it probably comes with some of the teachings from Marxism where they get this mistaken idea that there's a certain amount of wealth that exists and that uh, as long as you can position yourself in one of those uh, spots of power and authority – that uh, you'll be part of the proletariat, you'll be part of the mm -hmm. bourgeois class, you'll be uh, too important, uh, too far up to be affected by all the negativity. When uh, we hear from the uh, Economic World Forum that uh, uh, we'll own nothing and we'll love it, they don't think that applies to them they, because they think they're going to be the ones that end up owning everything. 
and a lot of them really don't understand the concept that they, in fact, are among the useful idiots. That's also uh, a phrasing that comes directly from the teachings of Marxism. They know that they're using large numbers of people, organizations like Black Lives Matter Incorporated, that is anything but preserving black lives in the country are really designed at tearing down the republic, at tearing down the nuclear family, at destroying uh true ties within the black community uh, and and they have said so on their website and some of it still hasn't been taken down uh, you see that with democratic office holders and and i'm sad to say you see that with some of the republican office holders just because yes. you got an r stuck at the end of your name doesn't make you a good person doesn't make you a hero of the republic and that's why we need some of these other things that i was discussing earlier a return to the idea of having states' rights be mandated, have the Senate go back to being the House of the States and leave the the House of Representatives, the House of the People, uh, get back to having the idea that it is local government that has more power over your daily life than federal government, the constitutional restrictions. When government is operating the way it's supposed to, our system was designed with God-inspired genius, and yes. unfortunately, our government over time has morphed into exactly what the forefathers warned us about. I have a prediction to make. Um, I have said this in, ang in anger a few times in, in conversations that I've had with leftists, and um, I've thought this in reading horrible stories about uh, what has happened to individuals, especially men in this country. Um, I'm afraid, Tim, that you're going to see an outbreak of Sharia law in the United States of America. Now, you know, a fact, you know, a scientific fact, and it's, 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 it, it goes like this. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Right. And I'll never forget, before I give you an example, I'll, I'll never forget years ago, uh, this Muslim told me, he says, you men in America, you have, you, have, you have a great country, I admit, but you're giving it away. You're letting your women rule over you, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And now you have stupid men working with the, the women to depose you men out of your, out of your rightful place. I, and I told him, I said, well, sir, you're true. I said, I just hope we don't get to the point like your nation where women have no rights and they're so abused that um, we maintain we can restore a true balance, a righteous balance in this country. But you are correct uh, about what is happening in our country. And so today you have situations in court where and there's a lot of them, black and white men, where a guy can get married. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the wife can just turn on him and lie and tell the court, well, uh, um, we're getting uh, he's he's no good. He's a bad guy. And I want him out of the house. But he's got to continue to keep up the, the same amount of bill paying and everything that he's been doing. And she can be a total lie. And even in some states like Kansas, it's not about who's right, but like in the Middle East. Who uh, puts in their complaint first? And 
and learning about these situations, and it's going on in places like Kansas. This is a New York you know, city or something like that, these liberal bastions, but in red states like Kansas. And it is becoming more and more common. And what's going to happen I, is just a prediction that one day you're going to have a very angry backlash among men. And it could be very violent. You're going to have people flaring up in their homes and killing pe- people in, in, in great uh, numbers. You're going to start multiplying the abuse cases because men are just going to feel like, you know what? I'm trapped. I have no way. There's, 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 you know, I'm, I'm hated because I'm a man. And government, again, is not doing its duty to get to the bottom of things and set things right in a just manner. And so that is another divisionary tactic of, of tactic, of course. George Soros loves this kind of stuff. And this stuff is funded partially by him. And I got a question to ask you, Tim. Mm-hmm. Why do you think, I have my own opinion, but I'd like to ask you, sir, why do you think, or you may know, why George Soros is given carte blanche and a few other billionaires free carte blanche to just ruin our country and affect elections and do whatever the hell they want to do, affect what goes on in our police departments, la-di-da-di-da, all the way around without any kind of repercussions. I think, before you answer, I my opinion is that is that George Soros is as dangerous as a terrorist running down the street with a bomb or running through a, a, a group of people in an automobile who should be stopped in the right manner, if you know what I mean. I think he's that dangerous. What say you? I see you're uh, you're slightly wrong because he is so much more dangerous than that terrorist because that terrorist uh, can be stopped that easily. Uh, ultimately, this is a guy who's managed to build a great deal of wealth He did so uh, under the blessings of the Nazi party in Germany, despite the fact that he was born of Jewish descent. And, of course, just by having this conversation, you and I are going to be called anti-Semitic when nothing could be further from the truth because this guy is among some of the most anti-Semitic people on the planet. Mm -hmm. To be born a Jew doesn't mean that you are uh, a a true uh, member of the tribe, if you will. Uh, trying to find some reasonable diplomatic way of putting it that doesn't sound anti-Semitic in and its in of itself. Well, just ask people. Just ask people if they want to call you anti-Semitic for 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 bringing it up in the way that you are. Just ask them to look and see what in history what George Soros was doing concerning the Jewish people when he was fourteen years old. Yeah, I mean he was part of the uh, brigade. He was uh, there with the. Uh, the brown shirts, and he was he was wearing the jack boots. He was part of the group, uh, and of course, the excuse has always been, "Well, that's what people had to do to survive." But he has admitted he enjoyed it, and he has yeah. since then admitted that it's fun for him to destroy a country's economy and to to see the fall of nations. That uh, to him, it's a game. He said these things in his own words, and he has basically uh, put himself up and said that I have proven that through my wealth, I can be as powerful or more so than God. This guy 
is an instrument of evil and his influence uh, comes through the amount of cash that he puts in the hands of a lot of people who basically have their souls for sale. And that's why I said what I said, that he should be stopped mm-hmm. like a ter- like they would stop a terrorist who's running through a, uh, a group of, a, you know, a bunch of people in a vehicle. He should be stopped. I mean, permanently stopped. And I would like to, I, I don't, I have looked, I've done research, and I cannot, based upon our laws, cannot understand why it is as if he's given permission to go against our laws and fund our destruction. That's what I don't understand. Maybe I'm missing something in the legal edicts that I've read about in our laws, and maybe I'm missing something that's right under my nose and I just can't figure it out. I'm too thick or something. Why is a man allowed to do what I see as illegal activity with his money and he's not even born here? Why he has that almost as if he has permission? Do what you want to do because you have a lot of money, even though that goes against our laws. Excuse me? It's absolutely not right, but I'm afraid that's exactly the reason why he's allowed to. All the people that would be in a position to stop him are either bought off or they're put in a position where their hands are tied. Uh, If you're a local DA and you want to bring up charges, you got to convince your boss to move forward or they'll put the kibosh on it. Uh, That's why we saw some of these Soros-funded DAs in different uh, parts of the country that had open revolt in their... uh, in their offices, places like San Francisco, where you know every attorney working there is a leftist, saw this to be an absolute affront to our law and our civilization. So even they stood up against it uh, as best they could. But uh, it is unfortunately a case where just certain people in certain positions have been bought off, plain and simple. Human corruption. It's well, not- we, well we need... We need clandestine activities, and if you know, don't know what I mean, folks, study the history of Queen Elizabeth and Sir Walter Raleigh and, and that gang, and uh, which saved the at least the pathway towards liberty, which was uh, fully spawned in America. And uh, you'll understand what I mean. And I think we need some clandestine activities in in the United States today to clean this mess up. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, when uh, the righteous are no longer righteous, uh, sometimes uh, <laughs> sometimes things uh, do have to be taken into your hands. Uh, not that we're openly promoting that uh, per se, just a warning for those who might be listening that others certainly may be willing to take steps. Uh, just take that for whatever it's worth. In the meanwhile, Ron, that's going to have to be it for today. As always, sir, thank you so very much for joining me. Uh, always great to have those conversations with you and look forward to our next get-together, sir. Godspeed. Thank you. It's an honor, and uh, Godspeed to you and your audience. And I thank you for the for the invite, and uh, it is an honor. And uh, God bless you, sir. All right. Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, as always, the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience. Check him out over at theronedwards.com. Uh, of course, Mr. Ron Edwards. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go, hey. let's go, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. You know what they say, Let's go, Brandon.
from a blue state clan Taught to praise the little man Told that unions saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees they said their vows he couldn't say when, he couldn't say how, he couldn't say why, she was different in his eyes. They built careers and had a kid, tried to live like their parents did, but both their parties taxed them close to death. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth.
Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Rome County, Tennessee. And uh, for those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast on Terrestrial Radio, it would be important for you to know and understand that this is indeed hour number two of a live broadcast that happened on Sunday, August the 7th, 2022. Yes, the day that the Senate passed the so-called misnamed Inflation Reduction Bill, uh, clearly designed to do the exact opposite. Although, you know, uh, they seem to want to convince you otherwise, which is why Nancy Pelosi is going full blast, trying to bring everybody back to uh, vote on the House version of the same bill uh, by the end of this upcoming week. So you have less than a week to call up every member of the House that represents you and let them know that you, as part of the American people, You've had enough of their wild, drunken spending spree, and you want something to change. Back in the first hour, got to listen to my Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron Edwards that had actually taken place before the Senate had passed the bill. And so we had a conversation where literally that bill was one of the very first topics we talked about, but had not uh, managed to motor its way through just yet. So with that being said, if you did miss uh, the first hour, like if you happen to be listening on Terrestrial Radio, for example, uh, if you missed yesterday's broadcast, then you did miss that first hour. I'd highly recommend you come check out the uh, podcast to give a listen to what Ron and I had to say. In the meanwhile, there are other things to talk about, and I certainly want to discuss uh, the uh, kudos that I want to offer up to both Matt Walsh over at the Daily Wire and libs of TikTok for uh, essentially trying to stop an illegal plot to move hormones into the hands of uh, those for which it has not been uh, prescribed to. All right, so the Daily Wire host, Matt Walsh, called out a transgender activist for announcing a potentially illegal plan to to send hormone replacement therapy drugs to gender-confused people in red states. The exchange began Friday when a popular Twitter account, Libs of TikTok, posted a screenshot from the trans activist Ellie Ehrlich's Instagram page. The screenshotted post which has since been deleted, announced Ehrlich's intention to provide unused prescription hormone replacement therapy drugs to people in states that have moved to ban the hormone therapies. Quoting here, there are 20 states trying to criminalize hormone therapy, particularly for trans youth. So many friends and I have had an idea. Okay, I'm sorry, it says, so my friends and I've had an idea. Sending out our extra prescriptions around the country. If you need hormones, I'm working with a distribution network to get you access. Everything is free. No questions asked. We have hundreds of doses of testosterone, of uh, estraldol, uh, and a couple others they named specifically, all available right now. All are prescribed by doctors and unused. Each package comes with information on dosage, obtaining blood work, etc. 
I realize this is only a band-aid solution. We need full access to affirmative medical care uh, from professionals immediately. However, missing a single dose of hormones can be devastating, especially for trans teens and those new to hormones. These laws are outrageous, and I can't wait for them to be overturned. In the meantime, DM me if you need HRT, or if you are over-prescribed hormones you would like to send out. Okay, so that pretty much sounds like an effort to create an illegal distribution network for hormonal therapies. Like there's not some reason why a state might move to ban them. Like there's not some reason why particularly trans youth uh, might need to avoid them. There is still uh, ongoing research, but as we continue to see more and more uh, research being conducted and completed, it would appear that the long-term effects of hormone replacement therapy, particularly on prepubescent teens is not quite as ambiguous as we've been told it is. It's not as simple as just taking them and then if you decide you want to go into uh, puberty because you changed your mind or you've gotten past the gender dysphoria, whatever it may be, then suddenly, boom, you can just stop taking it and bang, 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 you're right back on the regular uh, puberty train. Turns out that just doesn't seem to be the case. Irrevocable damage can be done, and each individual will have a different uh, reaction. So there's lots of preteens that don't need to be going anywhere near it. This idea that somehow gender affirmation is the proper treatment for gender dysphoria is misguided at best. Now, there are undoubtedly a good number of individuals who think that they're just being supportive of their friends or supportive of their family members when they try to go all in with the uh, surgical mutilations and the chemical castrations, but that's not really what's happening here. It's one thing to be supportive, and it's another thing entirely to placate a delusion that's going to harm them, especially one that Given the nature of gender dysphoria, most people that suffer from it tend to outgrow it. Typically, the awkwardness that comes from your normal puberty trials and tribulations uh, come to an end once you complete puberty and, and decide for yourself what your sexual identity is. And I'm sorry, would-be cool parents out there, six- and seven-year-olds, they don't know their sexual identity. There's no way that they can demonstrate to you or communicate to you what that's going to be. They look to you for cues on how to behave moving forward. Your influence is the primary one. Stop letting society be a major influence on them and stop letting society be a major influence on you. You have a child who has a biological identity. Affirm that until they get old enough to go through puberty and decide maybe that's not something that fits. Anything that happens before puberty has completed is not a definitive answer, period, end of discussion. Trying to make this stuff free, trying to do this 
just un unbelievable. At any rate, limbs of TikTok shared the screenshot in a thread on Twitter, tagging the FBI and the DEA. Ehrlich then deleted the post Friday afternoon, at least that's what Libs of TikTok immediately said. Uh, Walsh also called out Ehrlich uh, on Twitter saying, wow, at Ellie Ehrlich is sending drugs to children across the country without prescriptions, parental consent, or any legal authority whatsoever? This is a crime on several different levels, and Matt is correct with that assessment. Continuing to quote uh, more that uh, Matt added to this, this is a blatant federal crime and should be reported to both state and federal authorities. He then, with the same link, linked the FBI's tip line, and in a separate tweet, Walsh said that he was reporting Ehrlich's actions to the DEA. He also had several exchanges with Ehrlich. Despite taking down the original post, Ehrlich posted screenshots of Walsh's tweets uh, on his Instagram story, bragging about the attention he was receiving, saying, quote, thanks for the free advertising at Matt Walsh and at Libs of TikTok. Confessed drug smuggler equals cool new bio. This, this is something that Ehrlich posted trying to mock Matt Walsh, and the libs of TikTok. Walsh in turn blasted Ehrlich for effectively admitting that his plan is still ongoing. Uh, Eli deleted the original Instagram post, but is now bragging that we're helping to advertise the illegal drug running operation, which is confirmation that the conspiracy to commit federal crimes is still ongoing. Lots of great evidence, all helpfully provided by Eli personally. Walsh then said on Twitter Saturday that he intends to keep pursuing the issue with law enforcement, saying, quote, By the way, I'm not going to let this go. I've decided to make it my personal mission to ensure that this scumbag faces consequences for the crimes that have been confessed. We will be personally following up uh, with law enforcement next week, as well as UC Santa Cruz. Members, again, this is still uh, Matt Walsh saying, members of protected classes may have grown accustomed to never being held accountable for anything, but I'm going to do what I can to make sure that this one at least faces the music. Now, a lot of you may say, Tim, why are we having this conversation? Why are we talking about Matt Walsh online again? Well, because first of all, this uh, conversation was allowed to exist on Twitter. This is, again, the second time in a couple of weeks that Matt Walsh has been standing up and making noise when it comes to uh, trying to protect children, children that are being put at risk by the agenda. So I got to give full props, full props to Libs of TikTok for continuing to do what they've been doing from the beginning. And it's important to remind you, uh, if you're not familiar with this, that they're not making stuff up. They're not creating clickbait. They're not looking for the wildest, craziest things. They're just going over to TikTok. They're going to Twitter. They're going to other leftist-dominated social media platforms and they're holding up a mirror. They're taking out 
what these people are doing when they think that they're in their own little protective bubble, when they think that they're here in their comfort zone, when they're inside their own echo chamber where nobody ever challenges them, nobody ever calls them out. They only ever get attaboys and pats on the back and good job, way to stand up for the movement, way to stand up, way to be a great ally for the LGBTQ+, plus, blah, 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 whatever they've added to it. Uh, and it's insane. And it's why they go so nuts when we see somebody like Libs of TikTok take this, this demonstration of what they're doing, and put it out in a format on another social media platform where people can see what they're doing when they think nobody's watching. Only they know people are watching. It's just the people that are watching are all just like them. It's like, hey, give me my affirmation. Give me my likes and shares. Give me my whatever retweets or whatever it is on the specific platform because they all call it something different, right? They all try to stand out and be a little different by doing the exact same thing. So we see this over and over again, but here's the real crime going on here besides this effort to try and lure people in to, to join a conspiracy. Gender dysphoria is a real thing. Gender dysphoria, for lack of better terminology, still qualifies as a mental disorder. Now, there are going to be people that immediately say, oh, you're such a transphobe, that are going to immediately try to downplay my sensitivity levels. They're going to say I'm a hater just for using that terminology. But that is an accurate description. Gender dysphoria is a real thing, and it is, in fact, a mental disorder. Gender dysphoria is something that often accompanies uh, mid to late puberty and can linger a bit after. But in the worst cases of gender dysphoria, it is still often gone. It, it takes care of itself by the uh, early to mid-20s at the latest. So this is something that should be allowed to run its course. Now, I have enough actual compassion for the people that suffer from gender dysphoria to be honest about it, to be truthful about it. I'm going to say to you, just like I'm going to say to all the men having sex with men groups out there, that there's a reason why you guys are going to need to be concerned about monkeypox and why the rest of our country isn't going to have to be that concerned. Even the Biden administration's got one of their chief medical folks, one of their COVID czars, uh, sitting up there and saying, well, you know, monkeypox really isn't something most Americans need to worry about. But they won't tell you why. And the reason why is because it's primarily being spread amongst male-to-male sexual contact. Now, there are some exemptions, some exceptions. Clearly, yes, that's true. And so you should take some reasonable precautions. But at the end of the day, that's the biggest threat for the spread of monkeypox. And if you're not going to be honest to people and call them out for it, then there's no reason to even bring it up. And you certainly can't pretend like you actually care. Because guess what? If you don't care enough to be honest with folks, then you don't care. Period. End of discussion. That's why I have said on a multitude of occasions on this show and on social media and in person when I've been talking to some individuals that 
If you're part of the LGBTQ plus community, you need to be real careful about who you let speak for you as a group, because most of the people that want to be at the front of the line, in front of the cameras, in front of the microphones, holding the bullhorns, most of them have an agenda that is very different than actually trying to do what's best for you. That should be pretty easy to see. In fact, with conversations I've had with people that I know personally that fall into that community, most of them don't want any of the loud BS that tends to go around and go along with. They just want to be left alone and be allowed to live their life the way they want. And that is something that most conservatives are willing to honor. I know it's a surprise if you happen to be a lefty and you hear that. It's like, oh, that, that can't even be true. And you probably won't even believe me. But it is the truth. And if you spent some time to get to know some folks that claim to be conservative, you might find out that either A, that is the truth, or B, uh, they're not quite as conservative as they say they are. Now, both cases may be true. And at the end of the day, none of that freaking matters. What does matter that if you care about transgender uh, people, the folks that actually are suffering from gender dysphoria, you need to care enough to be honest and you need to care enough to be supportive in ways that are actually helpful. If you have a mental disorder and there's no shame in that, then you need proper emotional psychiatric assistance. That's what you need. If you're somebody that turns 21, and, and I highly recommend this at 21. I've said 18 in the past because at 18, we officially say that, okay, well, we acknowledge you as being legally an adult, but maybe at least 21 should be a, a better uh, point to make this acknowledgement because, again, gender dysphoria has been known to linger uh, into the 22 to 24-year-old stage and still dissipate on its own. So, Maybe 21 would be better as a minimum. But you get to that age and you decide that you do want the surgical mutilations, that you do want the chemical castrations, you do think that that's the path you ought to take, then you do you. But make sure that you're doing this after you've had proper uh, emotional support, proper psychiatric assistance, after you've had an opportunity to let yourself go through puberty and see how things are going for you in your life. Because if you don't do that, then you're risking making the same mistake that so many others have made. There's such a high amount of transitional regret that there's an entire industry now set up to try and reverse some of this stuff. And some of this stuff is totally, completely irreversible, especially if you start dropping the hormone replacement stuff on kids who haven't finished puberty yet, especially the ones that hadn't even start puberty. This is criminal, even though there's not necessarily a law against it. It's an abomination for somebody to try to make money off of this. So, you know, again, if you're a physician out here and you're writing prescriptions for this kind of thing uh, for kids, then you're a monster. You're certainly not taking your Hippocratic Oath very seriously because you are doing harm. And if you've looked at the long-term statistics, you know that to be the truth. And if you're only going along to get along because the rest of the industry is doing it, grow a freaking backbone and do your job. 
I, I don't know how else to make this clear, but again, thank God for libs of TikTok standing up and, and continuing to do what they do, not backing down to the woke uh, crowd. And also, thank God for Matt Walsh standing up and doing what he's doing because he's refusing to back down still asking the question, what is a woman? Even though I'm pretty sure he can define what a woman is, it's important to demonstrate that the folks on the left have allowed the reality that surrounds them to become so deluded in their own minds that they are no longer capable. It's not that they're not willing. Some of them are simply no longer capable of defining simple biological truths. And none of this None of this is intended, nor does it in any way, diminish someone that actually suffers with the, uh, the gender dysphoria. It's just that when you look at this group of folks that, uh, that fall into this category, and you follow long-term the extremely ridiculously high level of suicides that occur amongst this group, there doesn't really seem to be much of a difference. It doesn't seem to reduce, if anything, possibly even higher rates of suicide among those that do try to go through in a full physiological transition from one uh, outward appearance of gender to the other. Now, this still may very well be the answer for a very small number of people that finds them feeling like it was the right thing to do uh, 10 years after they've done it that no longer has a desire to end their own existence. But the problem is it's a very small number. And that's what makes it wrong at every possible level to try to push these type of behaviors because it's not a treatment. It's not treating an ailment because the ailment is not a physical one. When you look at these surgical mutilations and these chemical castrations, it's not helpful to them. These children need to go through puberty. They need to go through it all the way. And then they need to have time to adjust to the changes in their body. Because what pubescent teenager isn't awkward? What pubescent teenager isn't going through struggles trying to to get a handle on the changes that are happening in their body, trying to get control over the hormonal urges and rushes. It's absurd to pretend like you're not inflicting harm on these people by trying to prevent them from going through puberty. You are doing harm. Doctors, please stop. Totally different situation once they reach adulthood. Once they have gone through puberty, once they recognize what they want to do, that is a completely different scenario. Now, they still might be wrong. They still might pay a long-term price, but once they're an adult, they've got the right to make the choice. I don't dispute that. I'm not trying to talk anybody out of it, although if you were to ask me for advice, I would still ask you if you've gone through gender dysphoria, you've gotten into your early 20s and you're still struggling with it, I would highly recommend you, if you haven't been getting the type of psychiatric assistance that should be made available to you to go get it and if you have been find somebody else i'm not talking about conversions i'm not talking about somebody trying to change your mind i'm talking about legitimate psychiatric assistance a psychologist or a psychiatrist 
who can do this is a, the last ditch effort you should take. And again, maybe that's not going to end up being the solution for you, but it sure beats giving it a try and finding out, okay, that's not it, than to go ahead and do something that you cannot reverse that's going to affect you the rest of your life. And it turns out you didn't need anything more than just a little bit of help and a little bit of time. I don't think that's too much to ask. Because I'm not asking for me. I'm not asking for other Americans. I'm asking for you. Give yourself that opportunity. All right, let's uh, let's take the mid-hour break, shall we? Uh, stay right where you're at. I'll be back right after this brief break. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. American parents will soon be sending their children off to government school. Why? I don't know. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. As parents once again send their children to government school for indoctrination, your children will be bringing home a school-informed consent form. Please read that form carefully because many such forms say, quote, I authorize the health staff to administer medical services, immunizations, and therapeutic procedures to my child as deemed necessary. If you are a parent, be sure to draw a line through the immunizations, then initial and date it where that lined out word is and make a photocopy of that form before you, the parent, not your child, should return that form to school. Whether the document contains the word immunizations or not, you should handwrite on the form, I do not authorize anyone to give my child so-called immunizations. Then initial and date that. In addition, do not, and I repeat, do not send the signed form with your child. Take it yourself after you make a photocopy for your records. Anyone who gives your child an immunization without your written consent, that is assault and battery. You've been warned. I'm Ron Edwards. Find out where you can enjoy the Ron Edwards American experience via theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Look, these aren't, we always talk about these children. They're not someone else's children. They're our children. I, I do not view abortion as a uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy, and I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. We have the ability to see what can be, unburdened by what has been and then to make the possible actually happen. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. 
Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds Coffee Display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth. Yes, indeed, I am watching the world wake up from history, and waking up is kind of the subject of the next story I want to talk about. But before I get to that, uh, I do want to uh, give you a quick reminder. I didn't get a chance to do the mid-hour break, try to sell you something bit back in the the first hour, uh, because by adding the breaking news that had occurred uh, before my conversation with Ron, I barely had enough time to get the whole conversation with Ron into the first hour. So, first and foremost, if you're really going to enjoy all the blessings of individual liberty, you have to have individual responsibility. And part of being responsible is being self-sufficient being self-reliant. And nobody's been helping you to be self-reliant longer than my Patriot Supply. I'm going to ask you to use the link that I'm putting in the show description or to come visit me at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, into the truth, all one word, dot com. And uh, once you're on the homepage, scroll down past recent guest and uh, then click on one of the banners for my Patriot Supply. By doing either one of those, they'll know that I sent you. And that way, not only do you get to better prepare uh, in the event of disasters and emergencies, but uh, you also get to help to support the show. And something else that might come in pretty handy in the event that things get a little crazy out there is having a cooler that is going to be able to provide for you uh, something more than just a day or two of cold. We're talking 10-day ice at half the price of the other comparable quality brands. We're talking about blue coolers. Again, link in the show description or come visit me at tapintothetruth.com. Either one works, but this is something that may come in very handy for you. Now, there are other really good coolers out there. There are a couple of brands now besides just you know that Himalayan uh, Sasquatch brand. A couple other brands now are doing the the same type of molding, and they're providing a product that is similar in quality, but nobody's beating the price. Nobody is giving you the same high quality at that price, period. Blue Coolers is still your best bet. Let me uh, ask you to, to go visit using the links I'm providing so that, again, they know that I sent you. Now, we were talking about folks waking up this this is one of those good stories, or at least it's headed in the right direction. We'll see how it ends up playing out because there is still time and there seems to be some cowardice in play as well. Let me digress. First and foremost, 
it warms my heart to see positive news coming from California because we know for a long time uh, California has been dominated by leftists, uh, even though there's a lot of good conservative folks out there. The city council in one of Orange County, California's uh, towns, uh, will consider a resolution in the coming weeks that would ban abortions and make the community a sanctuary for life. The uh, San Clemente City Councilman Steve uh, uh, Knobloch, he drafted a proposed, uh, drafted and proposed the resolution that recognizes life beginning at conception and stands firmly against Planned Parenthood and abortion clinics having a presence in the city of nearly 65,000 people. The council is set to consider the resolution at its next meeting that occurs on August 16th. That is, of course, a week from this coming Tuesday. The City Council of San Clemente hereby recognizes and declares the full humanity of the pre-born child throughout all states of life up and until a natural death and declares the city of San Clemente to be a sanctuary for life where the dignity of every human being will be defended and promoted from life inside the womb through all stages of development and life up to and until natural death. That is a quote directly from the draft resolution. Now, in the two-page resolution, Knobloch references the Supreme Court's recent overturning of Roe v. Wade, and he writes that it is the council's duty to honor and respect God in regards to banning abortion, saying, quote, We believe that life is God-ordained, and God is the author and finisher of every life, no matter if at the beginning or at the end. As the city council, we will protect and sustain life at every stage. As we ask God to bless America, we first have to honor and respect God. Now, the draft of the resolution was predictably, uh, has predictably caused outrage among some people in the city. According to the Los Angeles Times, at least 15 people were already slated to speak at the next city council meeting in what is sure to be a contentious debate. Andrea Smith, Planned Parenthood's public affairs project manager for Orange and San Bernardino counties, uh, told the the, uh, LA Times that the resolution itself was extremely dangerous. Smith also called the pro-life resolution politically focused and scientifically inaccurate. I would love to find out exactly what part scientifically inaccurate, but anyway. San Clemente Mayor Gene James, who previously seconded the motion to the draft of the resolution, well, he's come out in opposition after having read the resolution, saying, quote, it appears to me to be a document that could have been written by a Taliban tribunal. And I'll say that as a conservative pro-life Republican. Yeah, I don't think that's what you're saying that as. I think you're saying that as a politically squishy-spined Republican that's afraid you won't get reelected, that's afraid that you can't stand up to all the pressure and heat that you know that's about to come crashing down upon you. 
Sometimes standing up for what's right means being prepared to deal with the crushing weight of political pressure that will be brought to bear on the city as they move forward with this. In fact, there are reports that this cowardly mayor, and I'm going to stand by that statement, there's reports that this mayor contacted the city clerk, contacted the city manager, and the city attorney after reading the resolution and asked if he could take back his seconding of the motion and uh, just kill the resolution. He literally is trying to find some type of loophole that would, well, in this case, just mean it would postpone the resolution from moving forward because they could once again motion for it and be seconded by somebody else. I would imagine it wouldn't stop it at all. But uh, good news here on that part is that he was told that eh, it's just not possible. That's not how things work here, Mayor. As for the resolution's author, this stands as an opportunity to raise awareness to the reality of abortion. Saying, quote, there probably isn't a family in America that hasn't been impacted by abortion. Now, Block also said that the resolution will get people thinking about what society has been doing for 50 years. More to the point, what society has been pretending is legal and allowable. What society has been pretending is constitutionally a guaranteed right. Now, there are a few things in this story that really kind of stick in my crawl. Number one, the effort by the Planned Parenthood folks to say that it's scientifically inaccurate. Well, this goes back to their efforts to try and convince you, the American people, that until you reach a certain level of development, you're not actually a human life. Again, I would ask exactly what the heck you think it is. I mean, it's not like if it's allowed to continue to develop, there's even a chance that it's going to turn into a snow leopard. It's not going to turn into a baby seal. It's not going to turn into an Apache attack helicopter. It's not going to become a, a set of Hot Wheels. It is a pre-born baby human. So life has begun. When you take a living cell and merge it with another living cell, and it begins the process of dividing and becoming a new life, then it actually is already alive. It has become a separate life, which is where the, the my body, my choice argument is such a lame uh, argument for abortion, because it's not just your body anymore. It was your body when you were making the choices about the actions you took in order to become, or what you should have done, to prevent the pregnancy if you're not ready to have a child. You have every right to control your body to that point, but it's no longer just your body after that. Now, I haven't had a chance to see the entire resolution, and I'm looking for a copy of that because I would like to see if there is still, uh, within this time frame, uh, a uh, exemption for rape and incest, because uh, clearly there is no place on the planet where life of the mother is not an exemption. It would even be get true in this case. But beyond that, the rest of the state of California is going to be a, bastions, uh, a bastion for murdering pre-born baby humans. So it's not like it's that big of a deal to drive out of town to go get an abortion if you're really still 
that head strong and set on murdering that poor child that hasn't had an opportunity yet. I have said multiple times that I have kind of mixed feelings on the whole rape and incest thing because while I can see the harm that that would do to the mother, I also have this really strong aversion to adopting the sins of the father mentality, which is exactly what's happening if you're going to murder this preborn child because of an action taken by the biological father. So it's a conundrum for me. And in those cases, I say you need to make up your own mind. That's, that's where you're going to have to answer for it. But if this comes down to solely a matter of convenience, if this comes down to nothing more than an effort to make sure that you have just one more form of contraception rather than being a responsible individual, then it is so clearly wrong. It's not just immoral. It is murder. You are murdering a new living being. Period. This safe, legal, and rare argument that won the day, that won the hearts and minds of so many Americans uh, 50 years ago, would still resonate with the majority of Americans, for better or for worse, right or wrong, it still would. But the problem here is, just like most conservatives continue to try to warn the rest of America, the left is never satisfied with winning the argument. They never wanted safe legal and rare, they wanted to get the camel's nose under the tent. Because they know once they get started, then it's murder that preborn baby up until and maybe immediately following its birth. Provide no medical assistance to a child that survives an abortion attempt. This is the darkness that lives in the hearts of the leftists. It is in every sense of the word, a true evil. I don't like using that word when it comes to politics, but right now, for the political argument involved here, it is that. It is evil. So here we are. We're looking at this one city in California. And they're trying to do a godly thing the acknowledgement of God's role in life is something that I think is universal for all people of faith in a majority of religions, not just Christianity. Now, there are a few religions where, again, sanctity of life doesn't quite fit the same bill. But in the majority of religions, life is considered to be a, a gift from the Creator. Sanctity of life is important in Christianity. It's important in many other religions as well. But for this argument about scientifically inaccurate, it's so mundane and so overused and so incorrect. From the scientific standpoint, as I've already pointed out, two living cells merge to create a new living uh, thing. It's a separate life upon the merging. So life at conception is the appropriate definition. 
But the idea, the other thing that really sticks in my crawl is this mayor suddenly ab abhorred, just abhorred by this resolution after he first seconded the resolution to be drawn up. Reads this, and he wants to make the connection between an actual standing up for preborn life to actions of the Taliban? We're supposed to believe that the good people of this town are the same as folks that would throw people off the roofs of buildings for being uh, homosexual? That they're the same as someone that would throw acid in the face of a woman for refusing to wear a hijab? That they're the same as someone that would demand that a young woman be stoned to death if she was raped? This is the same? This is the argument you want to make? Your honor? The mayor? Really? And to have the nerve in the same statement to say, well, I'm a pro-life Republican, but this is too much. At what point is this too much? Are you scared to death that all the pro-murder the preborn people are going to put so much political pressure on you? Or are you afraid you won't be able to overcome the leftist lie of separation of church and state? The mention of God so many times here is refreshing because it allows them to know why they feel it's necessary. And it is necessary. Mostly because they're living in a state that's trying to turn it into another tourist activity. Hey, if you're in one of those red states where they've said you can't get an abortion after six weeks, unless, you know, uh, other situations are currently occurring, like the life of the mother's endangered. Oh, wait, no, they don't actually even acknowledge that. Because one of their big lies that the left keeps trying to tell is that in all these states, there is no exemption for the life of the mother. They keep acting like that if this is going to endanger your life, you're endangered by these laws. None. None of these laws do not have a provision for the life of the mother. You've heard a lot about atopic pregnancies. An atopic pregnancy is not something that could be viable. The child's not going to live, and the mother wouldn't live. So that's not even considered an abortion in most states. Now you can stretch that. And again, the left is doing exactly that because they want you to think, oh, we're trying to take your right to live away. No. Point to me one place where the life of the mother has not been made an exemption. And then tell me how it is. Show me any state. You're not even going to find some of the super uber red places like Alabama, you're not going to find a situation where they're going to say that uh, that a tubal pregnancy is the same thing as aborting a viable fetus. You're not going to see that argument being made because nobody's going to make it. It's clear, it's understandable, and it is acknowledged by everyone that that's just not true. 
except that's exactly what the left keeps trying to, to tell everybody. They want you to think that you should be afraid and, and that this is dangerous. Dangerous to let babies live? Dangerous to tell uh, females of age that are biologically capable of procreating that they should take steps to avoid pregnancy if they aren't ready, if they aren't prepared to be a mother? Again, the exemptions for incest and rape are in most states. Just about every place that's looking to further crack down and restrict on abortion has those exemptions included. And if you're only talking about one city, what is the undue burden of going out of town, really? I mean, in a state like California, you ain't going to have to drive very far. Now, I would love for that to change. I would love for this country to come back to its senses when it comes to murdering uh, pre-born babies. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But the fact that there's a city in California that has enough conservatives that have been elected and enough Christians, whether they're conservative or not, but actually believe in the sanctity of life, that they have a responsibility to take that step. That's the kind of reason to give us hope that it can continue. Now, while I do applaud referencing God so frequently in this resolution, I do fear that as soon as legal challenges start arising, providing that this actually passes in, again, who knows if it will. You've still, at this point in time, got nearly two weeks of the left doing everything it can to try to bully and persuade and beat down every member of the city council to try to prevent them from supporting this resolution. It may come down to the author of the resolution being the only one that votes for it. It's entirely possible. Although it wouldn't have been drafted, I don't believe, if only one person on the council supported it. I don't think he would have gotten to the point where this would have been written and that it would have been scheduled to be brought before the uh, council. But you may see so many people run away from it, mostly because they're afraid it'll be overturned quickly uh, once the lawsuit starts. That it'll be too expensive to try to defend and to try to appeal and take to the next level, eventually get to the federal level. And there's a really good argument here that it should never be taken to the federal level because it's going to be the state of California trying to enforce its laws when it comes to the city. So what do you do in this situation? Call and support these folks. Let them know that there's more of us then there are those who want to see the murder of pre-born baby humans continue as nothing more than a, another standardized, convenient form of contraception. Because that's where this argument continues to boil down to. To end the life of a pre-born baby should be something that requires a great deal of thought 
a great deal of consideration, and some level of agonizing. No matter what the reason for ending that pregnancy is, it shouldn't be a matter of convenience. It shouldn't be just another form of contraception. It should never be something that's just readily available on demand. It should be required that if there's not any threat to the mother's life, to the mother's health, that she undergo uh, some counseling where she gets to see ultrasounds, where she gets to see what's actually going on. Because this lie about a clump of cells has been allowed to, to promulgate far too long. By the definition of just a clump of cells, there's never a point in time where humanity stops being that. But, of course, that also requires you to suspend the acknowledgement of the spark of the divine. It requires you to suspend the acknowledgement that there is something special about human life. It requires you to no longer acknowledge the fact that there is only one outcome that comes from a fetus, and that is an actual child. It's not going to become a unicorn. It's not going to become a glacial ice bridge. It's not going to become a ancient rainforest. It is a human child, period. That's going to have to be it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening the whole way. And remember, uh, at the end of the day, I only ask you not to take my word for it. Don't take my word for it. Don't take Ron's word for it. Please, please don't take their word for it. Take a little time, do your own research, put in a little effort, and use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And uh, final message for Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., by the way. This is Tim Tapp.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.